Hey everyone, and welcome back to HopeCast from Hope Church RVA. I'm Leandra Parks, and I'm joined today by our senior pastor, David Dwight, and we are here to have a conversation about some common questions in life, in faith, in under 30 minutes. And today's episode... I think you have that down now, like you can say it in your sleep. You've, you've done a number of episodes now, you're like, got it. Yes, okay. I, I agree. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> it's okay. It's today's okay. episode... Today's episode is about anxiety and worry. And I'm so glad we're talking about this because, you know, these words seem to be so prevalent in our world today. Mm. And I know we are here to talk about some ways to find help and talk about some perspective around this. So mm-hmm. g- give me your take on on anxiety and worry. Mm-hmm. Like try to define the words or do you just want to start with sort of a general what do you think about the big picture yeah um more of the big picture okay i i agree with you i think that we we are living with very very high degrees of anxiety and worry we human beings today in our day um and and it's hard uh it 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 casts a shadow mm-hmm. over a lot of life. And I think that um, even while you and I could say we're, this is a prevalent difficulty, mm-hmm. my guess is it's more prevalent than we know. Yeah. And my guess would be that even among people who appear to not be wrestling under the weight of anxiety and worry. Mm-hmm. My guess is probably, uh, you know, scratch the surface a little bit and get under there, and we probably will find anxiety and worry to varying degrees. There are people who their perspective and their way of living and their faith and perhaps their personality, other factors, make them less susceptible to anxiety and worry. Mm-hmm. Um, others probably have tried to develop tools or even coping mechanisms or even sort of coaching themselves to try to cope with anxiety and worry. Yes. But I do think that um, these are two words, two topics that are really, really prevalent <clears throat> in our day. And by and large, um, I think there are places where Jesus tries to kind of teach us away from them, right? Like, is there ever a time where anxiety is a good thing? Um, Maybe, maybe you're in a dangerous situation and something not very good is getting ready to happen and you're feeling anxious and Mm -hmm. it's the warning signal to get out of there. So, you know, I don't know people who like to experience anxiety. Mm -hmm. I sure don't or worry, Mm -hmm. but is there anything positive in it? Sure. I think in some cases like that sort of, you know, flight mechanism, uh, definitely then that those moments of anxiety is probably a good thing. It helped you. Right. But I think generally the way we're talking about it, that's kind of the exception. More likely anxiety is creating difficulty and and a challenge for us probably diminishing uh, the experiences of our lives and worry, I suspect, is quite similar to that. Yeah. 
So if we don't worry or become anxious about something that is, let's 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 think about the war um, that's going on right now. Wouldn't that be irresponsible of me not to worry? You mean the Russian invasion of Ukraine? Yes. Um, that's a really good question. Um, would it be irresponsible to not worry about it? There's there's really bad stuff happening there. Right. Um, here's the thing, right? This is part of the challenge of it, what you and I both know. There's really bad, painful stuff happening in so many places. Agreed. Okay, so how do we bear up under that? Mm -hmm. Am I, are you to worry about all of it? Um, now we're kind of getting into the definition of worry. What does it mean to be a responsible adult? I think to be a responsible adult, you, we need to reasonably engage with the world's pain. I wonder if, and this could get into some word splicing, but I wonder if a word that's a little better for us would be, we have concern. Concern is a good word. Um, we are sober about the pain and we have compassion in it. Mm -hmm. Worry is an interesting word. And over the years that I have struggled with my own places where I'm prone to worry. I've tried to look at this and learn about it and, and sort of defang the beast. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes I do think there is some of that. <clears throat> In other words, do you remember uh, the famous quote? I think it was fr from Franklin Roosevelt. His quote was, uh, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Oh, yes. Fear is a paralyzing emotion. Now, again, we could go back to the situation. Is it ever helpful? Sure, in that flight mechanism. Mm -hmm. But generally speaking, fear is paralyzing. Um, so the thing that we feared may not have been as much of the issue as the paralyzing emotion of fearing it. Working through some of this in my own efforts, I came up with my own working definition of worry. <laughs> And here's the definition I came up with. Worry is fearing the worst before I have enough information to actually know. Mm. Okay. That's good. So what's happening is I've got some information. I don't have all the information. Mm -hmm. And I'm emotionally filling in the gap with fear narratives with worst case scenarios. Mm -hmm. So here's a here's an example. I'll speak a little bit vulnerably and personally about this. Uh, in the spring of 2019, I had a cancer diagnosis. And anybody that's been through this knows that it tends to go with early information. And then the word is we need to do more tests. And until we do more tests, we won't know. Okay, so you know something. You, you've got cancer. So you've got a thousand questions. How extensive, how threatening, how bad? Well, we don't know yet. Okay, well, we have to do more tests. This is a time, and I think anybody who's been through it knows something about this. It takes remarkable discipline 
in those times to say, I am not going to allow fear narratives to run wild in my head. I'm going to operate today with the information that I have today and thereby live today in the fullest way possible. Tomorrow, I'm going to do it again. I actually think this is part of what's connected to Jesus saying, give us this day our daily bread. Lord, give me today the faith I need to do today with vigor and hope and joy. Tomorrow, I'll have tomorrow's amount of information, and I'll pray the same prayer. Usually, when we can begin to get clear, concrete information, then what we will do is we will start making a plan of what to do with the information that we're getting. And of course, worry can always creep in. But what we're trying to do is have a discipline to say, I'm going to do today with the information I have today. What's the information I have today? I do have cancer, and I have a scan scheduled for 10 days from now. And so there is not one thing I can do in the 10 days between now and then. I'm going to pray that God would give me my daily faith, what I, the portion of faith and hope I need today, and I'm going to do it with joy and intimacy with him. Okay, that's one example, <clears throat> okay? Yep. Everybody who's listening to this has their own examples, right? Right. Somebody uh, is a small business owner and things are really difficult and COVID and the economy and everything's been really difficult and they're really afraid that this business might not make it and it might go under. <laughs> and then fear narratives. Uh, am I going to lose my house? Am I going to, you know? Right. The same, I think, principle kind of applies, but I'm not going to allow myself to live in that avalanche of fear. I'm going to do today what I can do today. I'm going to make the phone calls I need to make today. I'm going to call the customers I need to call. I'm going to try to make some new sales calls. I'm going to to do today what I can do today. Is it hard? Absolutely. It's hard. So Jesus has this fascinating phrase, right? When he's teaching us not to worry, and he's, he's saying, do not worry about tomorrow. Notice he says tomorrow. Tomorrow. Like it's future oriented. Um, what you will wear, what you will eat, et cetera. Then he ha- he asks this very provocative question. Who by worrying can add even a single hour to their life? So true. All right. So think about the question. Um, first of all, presumably it's attached to the idea that we want longer. Worrying isn't going to help that happen. So true. Okay. Ironically, we can learn that modern medicine teaches that's true. Right, So here's Jesus 2,000 years ago teaching a sort of neurological, psychological truth. Worrying is going to make, your, make you live shorter. Shorter. As yes. compared to if you were a person, same person, same life without the worrying. Okay, but it's really interesting that he uses this word add <clears throat> because generally speaking, I'm not sure worrying can add, and now I'm being very uh, emphasizing the word add, I'm not sure it can add anything to your life. It only reduces. It only reduces, yeah. It reduces my joy. It reduces my presence. It reduces my engagement in relationships. Mm-hmm. It reduces my planning for the future. It reduces, it can like only reduce. Only reduce. So it's really interesting, even if somebody was listening wanted to try to do their own growing with these questions, if you sort of journal a little piece of paper mm-hmm. and you say, who by worrying can add and then just blank and you start realizing I can't actually add anything. Nothing. 
I can add worry and fear, but right. those are reductions. They're not additions. So what Jesus is coaching is worrying is not going to add. It's not going to bring positive things. Mm-hmm. Okay, so trying to learn, I actually think disciplines and coaching our minds becomes part of it. And I'm not trying to be Pollyanna. Look, I know people have really, really threatening, fearful things in their life. And I am very sympathetic. I battle these issues of worry and anxiety myself. So I'm not saying this as someone wagging their finger saying, hey, you're a Christian. You should, you know, you should be a, a better believer than that. Yeah. Um, so um, how about the word anxiety? I, this is me working through this in my own life. I think the word anxiety tends to be more situation specific. Um, I'm anxious about the prospect of giving this presentation at work tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I'm anxious about going to a party with a person who we're going to make it a first date and I've never been on a date with this person. I don't know what it's going to feel like. I'm anxious about my first um, basketball game on the varsity team. You know, it's this kind of stuff. I think anxiety tends to be a bit more situation specific. Um, and how, how do we, anxiety and worry, they dovetail. They're like cousins or siblings. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it takes a similar kind of coaching internally to address anxiety. You know, I'm anxious about walking into this social situation. I'm anxious about this public speaking experience. Right. Um, we have to do some sort of coaching, coaching. To, to work through some of that. Because one of the things that often will happen, which is an unfortunate, like pernicious result, it's the anxiety of how it's going to go that makes me nervous that it's not going to go well that actually makes me not do well. Yeah. Right? Isn't that like, it's like a really unfortunate cycle. Right. Right? So if you're really anxious about public speaking, mm-hmm. you probably could be a really good public speaker. It has nothing to do with your actual ability. Right. It just has to do with your anxiety about getting up there in that front of that room with all these people. And so you kind of stammer and you lose your way and it doesn't go well. Mm-hmm. It's not that you don't have the ability to do it well. It's actually the anxiety that it wouldn't go well that made it not go well. Yeah. You, you get it, right? I, I get it. Yeah. This, the, the, the word anxiety <clears throat> reminds me of um, the scripture from Luke, Luke 10, 41 and 42, where it says, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. Uh-huh. And when I, when I think about that, in the context of of what was happening during that time, I think I would I would take the role of Martha too. Uh-huh. I would want to be cleaning up and, and getting everything in order because now Jesus is entering the home mm-hmm. and not necessarily focusing on, hey, this is Jesus who is in my home mm-hmm. and he is here. His presence is here. <laughs> Let me stop doing what I have to do. Why are you um, anxious, Leander? It's only <laughs> Jesus coming to your house for dinner. It's, it's, yeah. it's, on, it's only Jesus. Settle down for goodness <laughs> right. sake. So, but for me, I would want to make sure that 
oh, he has to have the best food and uh-huh. everything has to be prepared and everything like that. But what what are your thoughts about that? Now, I, I know how I know the outcome of this. Right. But right. I'm just putting myself in, in a human the right. human sense right now. Right. What are your thoughts about about that scripture? Yeah, he he says to her, I think in Luke, he actually uses her name twice. I think he says, Martha, Martha. Yeah. Right? It's almost yeah. like, okay, I want to really get your attention. Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many Anything. things. And then he says only one thing is needed. Um, and I, again, I think we're trying to enter this topic with a kind of sympathetic viewpoint of it. Um, here's one of the things that I appreciate about it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a resident humility in Jesus that he would say that. Agreed. Like, Martha, you don't have to worry so much about me. Yeah. Like, Agreed. look, I'm not going to be analyzing your dinner and I'm not going <laughs> to be picking apart your house. <laughs> and there's a resident humility in him that actually comes with that statement, which kind of nice. Like, you don't have to make that big a deal about me. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that's refreshing and nice to know. Um, but if we are Martha, right, if he said, Leandra, Leandra, you are anxious and troubled about many things. David, David, you're anxious and troubled about many things. Okay, so then um, how do we begin to address this? Yes. Right, so sometimes I think we have to, to go back to the phrase, defang the beast, Mm. what are you worried about? I'm worried Jesus isn't going to like his dinner. Okay, and if that happens, what's going to happen? It's unlikely that Jesus is going to run around telling all his friends that he didn't like dinner at your house. It's just not his nature. Right. Okay, so you don't have to worry too much about that. I'm worried about whether he thinks I'm a good housekeeper or not. Okay, Jesus seems to generally be focused on things that are more meaningful than are the pillows fluffed and straight. <laughs> okay, but sometimes we have to ask ourselves, what, do you, what are you really anxious about? Now, a lot of times when we're anxious, here's part of, I think, how we can learn, grow, coach ourselves. We're anxious about stuff that we have no control over. Mm, so true. And, and at some level, if we have no control over it, we have to coach ourselves into relinquishing our responsibility for it. Yeah. Okay, so take some kind of a situation where um, you're, you're getting together with a number of people, and beforehand you're thinking, well, what if this person doesn't have a good time? And what if that person doesn't okay. feel appreciated? Mm-hmm. And then you're like, okay, wow, I'm going to have to orchestrate this whole party to get everything to go exactly the way I think it ought to go. So that person has a good time and that person feels appreciated. But then, of course, what I'm doing is I'm I'm actually sort of starting to play the God role in Mm. this whole thing. Mm. And we all do have to do our own work, Mm. right? So if that one person doesn't have a good time at the party, a certain amount of that is the work that they have to do we cannot make it our responsibility. We can try to be kind, of course. We can try to care for them, of course, and we should. Yeah. But owning the burden of how did it go for them? So somewhere we have to find the boundaries yeah. um, that um, I, the, there's a God for that. There's a God for that. There's a Lord for that. 
So a phrase that my wife Elizabeth and I use a lot is, um, and again, it just comes out of this, walk with me, trust me. Walk with me, trust me. That's good. Walk with me, trust me. Okay, well, we don't know how this is going to go. Walk with me, trust me. Walk with me, trust me. Well, we're going to have this big event, and what if it, walk with me, trust (laughs) me. Walk with me, trust me. This kind of thing can sound like, I don't know, maybe a listener is listening to it and thinking that sounds kind of foolish and overly simplistic. But if you get into a little bit more deeply, really we're trying to respond to God saying, stay very close to me. Walk with me. You don't have to manage all this. Mm-hmm. Yes, do your part, but you don't have to own the whole burden. Mm-hmm. Um, another phrase that we may have used occasionally on the podcast, but we talk about this in ministry sometimes, when we're trying to help people through challenges is the phrase care, but don't carry. Mm, Okay. So if you carry all the burdens, it'll crush you. It's just too much, too much for the fragility and the smallness and the weakness of our human souls. So care, but don't carry. So what does that mean? Care and and seek to care and to help, mm-hmm. but don't carry. Sometimes carry will also bleed into feeling that we have to fix it or make it right. And then a lot of times we'll actually foul it up. Yeah. Actually, a lot of times we're much more helpful to a person when we engage at the level of care, but not carry. Not carry. Because carry sometimes brings with it fix, mm-hmm. solve. And a lot of times in human interaction, that goes sideways. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so in anxious and worrisome days, some of this I think is information overload. Personally, I have no doubt about that. We have way too much information that we can handle. Agreed. It's way too burdensome, way too many inputs. And there may be some disciplining that we each need to do to guard our, the inputs. Yeah. Um, but for me, this idea, walk with me, trust me, walk with me, trust me. And then we may actually love people much more effectively when we care, but don't carry, like don't put that burden on you Mm. because the way we might behave or act when we've actually taken that and made it ours can often contribute to the negativity. Now I realize this is nuance and it depends on the relationship and all that sort of thing. I don't know that we have a magic wand to wave to fix all this. Mm -hmm. I think it's one of those big topics where what we try to do is just help one another along the way. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. So I guess a bit of a transparent moment for me too. Anxiety and worry is something that I, I deal with on, on a few occasions. Well, let's say on, on many occasions and what I typically would have to do is write scripture out and put it on my, my bathroom mirror and my bedrooms and my prayer closet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the scriptures that I, I meditate on a lot is Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Mm-hmm. You know, don't be anxious about <clears throat> anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, that one. And then also, you know, peace I, I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Because when, when mm-hmm. I think of worry and anxiety and the opposite of that, for me, I think of peace mm-hmm. and how can I have peace within mm-hmm. myself? Mm-hmm. Going back to what you mentioned in terms of, you know, 
we are overloaded with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's about guarding, guarding my mind mm-hmm. um, from what is being entered into it. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't experience worry and anxiety. However, the times when I do experience those things, I have to immediately go back to scripture mm-hmm. and repeat it multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, sit and talk to God and pray um, and you know, I feel better after that, but yeah. that that's how I deal um, yeah. with anxiety and worry. But to close us out tonight, David, um, would you be open to praying for individuals that are experiencing worry and anxiety yeah. during this time? Thanks for asking that. Um, yes, I will. One of the uh, strange things about praying in when we're worried is this unfortunate thing that can happen is um, we can begin to pray in such a way that we're kind of no longer praying. We're just speaking our worries to God. Yeah. And we're just rehearsing them. And we're just bringing them out again and again and again and again and again. And I've heard people else say, sometimes what can happen is this actually turns into us worshiping our worry. Mm, that's good. And sort of asking God to sit alongside with us and mm-hmm. worship it too. Mm-hmm. And so this element of how do we pray about worry, I think some of what Jesus suggests is um, take your request to God and leave it there. Mm. He uses the phrase, he knows what you have need of. Mm. And that's a discipline too, right? Because that's a matter of faith. Do I trust that he hears? Do I trust that he knows? So in a sense, take it and leave it there. He, he tells us as believers to not pray. He uses the term like the pagans who just keep repeating over and over and over and over and over again, thinking mm. that's what's going to wake up their gods and get their attention. That's true. And he's trying to say, your father in heaven knows you. He knows the number of hairs counted on your head. Mm. Speak this to him, walk with him, trust him, and try to leave it with Mm. him. Hallelujah. All right, let's pray. Lord God, we do come to you. And Lord Christ, we are reflecting on your word where you have spoken to us about anxiety and worry. Would you help us grow in our trust of you? Help us turn from clenched fists of trying to control and drive it to open hands of releasing these things that worry us or concern us to you. Release these problems, release these people we may be worried about, people we care about or love. Lord, we know that you love them. And so uh, for anybody who's listening today, where this is a real struggle, Together, we seek to offer one another the hope and the peace that Jesus offers us. And he says to the the storm, and in a way it's like the storms inside of us, peace be still. So we thank you, Lord Christ, that you are the Prince of Peace. Amen. Thank you all so much for joining us today. We hope this episode was encouraging to you. You can find the Hopecast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast app. If you would like to know more about Hope Church and our ministries here in Richmond, Virginia, you can visit hopechurchrva.com.